Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin. My name is Matt Brusky, and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action of Wisconsin. And welcome to a, I guess we can start to say it now, a beautiful fall weekend here in Wisconsin. We have our full panel, which means Priscilla Bort, our Movement Politics Director, is with us. Priscilla, good to have you. Thanks for thanks for having me, as always. Always good to be here. Not ready for fall, but... Uh... I'll, I'll deal with it. It'll be fine. Well, it's fall in Wisconsin is gorgeous. It is almost summer-like. I love the weather. Um, and then, of course, the colors are impressive. But I, I do share with you, Priscilla, you know, winter's tough. So it is. Uh, we're one step closer. Uh, but Robert Craig is also with us. Robert is the executive director here at Citizen Action and a lover of the heat, so probably um, someone who doesn't also look forward to winter. But, Robert, good to have you. Well, I, I like transitional season, and I, I'm guessing Priscilla doesn't like the fall as much because it's not summer, not because she can't wait for winter. Yeah, no, Who there's very few people who eagerly look forward to winter. There's some of you out there. I, I know you're out there, right? Uh, you wouldn't be here if you weren't, but. Anyways, folks, get out and enjoy. Uh, the weather is, is is still beautiful here. Get out and enjoy fall, Wisconsin. Um, but again, you come here for politics, so we are going to talk politics. We have a lot to talk about. Um, we were just commenting before the show started. We don't have a guest today. We'll just start the show off by saying that we've had a guest, it seems like, um, uh, for a month or, or so straight. But uh Part of it is because we have so much going on in the state right now, and we're going to spend a significant portion of the show talking about what's going on in Madison. Uh, but also, we are going to continue to talk about, uh, which is uh, partially a Madison drama, but the Brewer uh, Stadium effort by the owner of the Brewers' effort to get money. There was big news this week. We will talk about the the Assembly Republicans' plan for funding for the Brewers, uh, a bunch of federal stuff that we're also going to get to later in the show. Um, but let's get started, Robert and Priscilla. Uh, it's amazing uh, the volume of activity that is coming out of the legislature right now. Um, I'm going to just, <laughs> we could start in so many places, but what I want to do is just start with the impeachment uh, because and, and and its connect to redistricting because we obviously started to talk about it last week, um, had a conversation about impeachment because uh, it's been out there now for a couple of weeks. But some of the one, one thing I want to get both of your comment on, there was an article this week talking about the baselessness of this impeachment effort, both quite frankly, what's going on at the federal level, but very specifically what Robin Voss is doing. And in fact, um, went on to say that this has to be the most baseless impeachment effort in the history. Robert, I, I, you you surfaced this article and I, you surfaced it in my response to this idea that like it just you know, it, it frustrates me that their side is so aggressive and our side seems to always want to play within a very narrowly constrained rule book. 
including just sort of accepting this impeachment was kind of okay and legal at his post, you know. So your thoughts on this, first of all, just saying this shit isn't even based in legal fact, but just in the context of what's happening and how aggressive Robin Voss is. And quite frankly, all the things we're going to talk about more later on in the show about what they're up to. But Robert, your thoughts. Well, we have to hold two thoughts at once. Uh, One is that factually speaking, which we care about, our side cares about, there's no basis for either impeachment. And secondly, that it doesn't necessarily matter. Okay. And so and and just answering Fox News propaganda with facts is like answering any uh, hatred and division in world history with facts about the, the the targeted group is doesn't do it. Okay, in fact, people are inoculated by the hatred, by the agitation to be they're inoculated against facts, and their leaders either inoculated or just cravenly cynical and just trying to grab power, which is what we have with the modern Republican Party. Now, another thing I'll just say, recusals, U.S. uh, state Supreme Court, never been a standard for impeachment. Even if you were going to develop it as one, complete hypocrisy because there have been statements by current judges uh, that show show this and the and judicially speaking, in terms of the way legal ethicists think about this and judicial you know, various judicial commissions. There's a difference between talking about your values and talking about how you rule in a very concrete case with concrete circumstances. And Protosewitz in no way violated any legal ethics in the way she campaigned. It's made up, but it sounds plausible. It's a fig leaf. Second thing we have to bear in mind, I guess it's the third, is that being a good leader, and this goes back hundreds of years, in fact, back to the classical era, does require you to do what's necessary to achieve your goals, your values in the world, while also doing it ethically. But understanding that just adhering to an old norm on the basis of this is the way it's been or this is the way I think it should be, and allowing the other side to use impeachment as a way to make sure to, uh, to overturn elections which is what we're talking about here, and to get power so you can undermine any semblance of democracy. We already have undemocratic districts, which means the two legislative bodies in Wisconsin they are supposed to represent the people don't. Yeah. But now we're going to say a Supreme elected Supreme Court justice elected, and they can nullify her election. That's what we're saying, and yeah. it, we need the stand-up to this. And we're seeing it in many ways from what the Democratic Party, DPW, is, is doing. Yeah. But we need to we need to see it more broadly. We need to ultimately see it from leaders who have the power to do it. And we can talk a little bit about that as we move along, Matt. Yeah, Priscilla, your 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 thoughts. Yeah, um, I I want to put it in the context of elections and having real bold, transformative candidates that aren't just going to be like, oh, yeah, this is really bad what they're doing. Like, what is your plan? How are you going to stand up? And make sure that you're actually fighting for your constituents because who we have elected right now is not. And it's not enough just to pay lip service to this. Like, we all know it's bad. Republicans know that this is bad. So, like, we need real bold leaders on this. And, you know, Priscilla, I, I want, first of all, 
give you a chance to cough there uh, for, for our listeners who don't know Priscilla is just about to go into a coughing attack. But uh, so I'm going to throw it back to you in a second here. But I, I like what you're saying. And what's critical here is, right, their side is aggressively fighting for what their base is interested in. And we need a similar full throated effort on very popular things that are just not being addressed by this legislature because it's not in their interest. And, and, and certainly when you're gerrymandered, that's your fundamental position of power. Priscilla, back to you. Yeah. Um, thank you for that break. Uh, yeah. Like this is where their power is coming from. And I think part of it is that, you know, they're not expecting uh the pushback and you know i don't think they were uh ready for quite as much pushback as there what is currently and there's still more room for that pushback we can't get into a place where we go okay well they have power what are we gonna do like yeah there's a lot of times that we don't have power but that doesn't mean that we sit on the sidelines we we need to show that hey we are not agreeing with this there are both sides of the aisle that are not agreeing with this blatant power grab and to take votes away because you're not just taking they're not just taking democratic liberal votes away if they're they're working to take everybody's vote away it's the same thing when they're like oh but absentee ballots aren't good it's not just Democrats who vote absentee like this. This affects everyone, no matter if you are aligned with Voss or or not. So we need we need those bold people to step up. We need bold candidates to run in 2024. Uh, new maps or not. We need people to be like, yeah, I'm going to make sure that I don't work to take your vote away. I want your vote to count whether you vote for me or not. We need more people and, who are willing to do that. And 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 again, folks, one of the things and what Priscilla's reminding everybody here, we're sitting here in September over a year out of a of an election, the next legislative election. And often what we'll hear as we get like into August or July when all those candidates have surfaced, how many seats nobody is running in. There's no challenger, right? Oh, and because of gerrymandering. Well, what Priscilla is saying is, no, we need more people to step up, make full-throated arguments for progressive policies, run everywhere, run for all sorts of things. And the idea that we just say, oh, gerrymandering stops us. It stops us if we stop ourselves. We need more folks to be up, not just saying this is wrong, but here's what I stand for. And and that's fundamentally critical. So please marinate in that as you're listening to the show and we go through this blitzkrieg of things that are happening on the other side because they're on the march. Robert, your final thoughts on this. So what they're doing is very radical. They created an impeachment clause was created in the federal constitution, then copied by state constitutions because you needed some way to deal with some with 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 abuse of power by other branches and giving the legislature a way to remove them right and making it hard but making it possible but it also required norms concerning uh what are the grounds and observance of norms in terms of we're not going to abuse the process by potentially impeaching and then never having a trial 
when people when when the constitution says that the person stops serving when they're impeached now let me say since that's an extreme abuse of power sometimes you may have to return the favor if it's an illegitimate impeachment there are many cases in other states where impeachment's been overturned by courts the problem is janisaywitz doesn't protosaywitz doesn't serve then you have a 3-3 court she could refuse to uh, to go along because it's an illegal act and then be there to uh, decide on the case that overturns it. I know that sounds like, oh, my God, that violates all norms. But you know what? If all else fails and Republicans can't be prevented, 50 Republicans in an unfairly stilted assembly where there are more many more than the popular vote, Republicans, uh, then you need to start thinking about measures that have been totally off the table for conventional elected leaders. Yeah, let's just remember we're not too far removed from the Merrick Garland appointment, right? Let's remember that. that That's how radical they were willing to be to mess with the Supreme Court and how appointments operate. And nobody thought that norm, that what they were doing, that everyone understood what they were doing was a violation of that. But ultimately, just like this, and Priscilla sent us some, you know, not shocking polling numbers this week, but, you know, when you talk about do you uh, to Republicans? What do you think about Vosses? Well, you know, shock. Most Republicans are going to back Voss. You know what? Most Democrats think Voss is out to lunch. Right. Well, guess what? Likely most of the middle right likewise also think so. Uh, but we got to take advantage of that if we don't exercise. And what Robert's suggesting here is this idea that we have to be willing to think outside of the box and and not just use conventional norms because the other side is obliterating them all the time. Robert, one more thought before we go to break. You have. You were so right because look how Merrick Garland was treated by the Republicans on Wednesday. In other words, it didn't matter. Holding the norms, putting a norm-governed, norm-constrained attorney general got the Democrats nothing. They still present him as some radical usurper and persecutor of Donald Trump and and everyone on their side. There are no norms other than you normally listen to us, the Battleground Wisconsin, every Thursday evening or Friday. And you can find us at citizenactionwi.org. We're also at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Folks, please uh, get involved in Citizen Action. We have organizing co-ops uh, throughout the state. You can become a member. We have a link to that. It's really important that you become a member. And if you are a member, I'm calling on you, asking you to go talk to one person this week and encourage them to likewise join Citizen Action. We have, again, membership links here with the show. Please. Join us. Get involved. Get off. Get off the bench. Get into the game. You're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. Again, we're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. So. We have to continue talking about what's been going on in Madison because it's important in the context of the conversation we just had about norms and also just thinking about what Priscilla said. We need more candidates and leaders in our state who full-throatedly are relentlessly pursuing a progressive agenda and putting that out there and getting 
those ideas into the main. Um, and it's just remarkable when you look at the news as to what's going on this week, just how busy the 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 gerrymandered legislative Republicans are, and particularly Voss and the Assembly, right? Like, not only did they have the his impeachment effort, they have their suddenly new interest they in redistricting. They gavel in and gavel out, you know, uh, the the special session on child care. They introduce a funding plan for the brewers this week, 600 million, you know, 700 million, depending on how you look at it. A lot more money. One thing I'll just say, the number keeps going up. Shocking. Um, Priscilla, this is an incredible array of, and, and you know, we'd, I haven't even mentioned, oh yeah, Voss's attack on uh D uh um on uh D uh, sorry D ah D I <laughs> struggling here. Thank you, Priscilla. But and their efforts to go after abor- uh, abortion this week, you know, with uh the announcement last week of abortion services being so busy, 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 busy. Priscilla, your thoughts on that and also just within the context of like the importance of an election is coming up and having an agenda is important. And boy, these Republicans have an agenda. Yeah, they uh, they had a busy week uh, thinking of all the things that you listed off and we could probably list off more. Uh, they, they, you know, they got to get their stuff done now, because if we do get new maps, there's a good chance that they're not going to win election or they'll actually have to, you know, campaign like candidates should have to. Uh, so yeah, they got to get it all done now. They figured let's just do it all. So that way people don't, it, it feels like, all right, let's throw everything at our constituents. So that way they don't know where they're like main main attention should go to and they just have so many things going on that it's like okay do i pay attention to to the child care piece to the abortion piece to the maps to dei to the brewers there's so much and it's overwhelming to all of the things so it's it's definitely their strategy of let's throw everything at the fan while we can uh but you know they all are clumped in the same thing that are not good for wisconsinites uh none of the things that they proposed this week are good for anybody in the state other than their own self-interest uh so this this is all in context of we are we are just over a year away it feels like we're less than a year away that it from november uh 5th of next year so like you want to run like this is what you run on run on run on the brewers run on abortion run on fair maps run on child care run on these things that there is public support for and not republican support for decide now announce <laughs> get in the game robert um so many possibilities you could talk about here but uh, just want to give you an opportunity to um respond to this broader context of just absolutely any piece or leverage or power um, Voss is using. And this is quite a slate of activity that he has going on this week. So Priscilla's right. And it shows the shamelessness of this majority because it is not 
representative of the people, and they know that, but they believe in minority rule. So just the holding power this way with these authoritarian maps, because that's what they are, they guarantee one party is in control and supermajorities that could impeach without any check on that. Um, and then we're going to just do everything we want. We are in charge, right? It very much is the strong man kind of philosophy. And and it is kind of, and I do mean to say man directly. There aren't a whole lot of women uh, tyrants in, uh, in human history uh, and, and dictators. So, you, I mean, we could have some, we could talk, argue around the edges, but in the main, it's a bunch of, of strong man men, right? And so when we think about it, it's also striking how much it doesn't have to do with the priorities of the people. So there's popularity is defined as by pollsters, such as if you call on the phone, I'll say I like that. But that doesn't mean you'll vote on it, you'll work for it, right? It just means like, you know, approve. And what affects politics is burning uh, kind of priorities and that affect your life, like the rising cost of health care, which is still hyperinflation, 12, 15 percent every year, people avoiding health care, majority of Wisconsinites, because they're afraid, even though they're insured, that there'll be a surprise medical bill, huge co-pays deductibles, and therefore harming their, their, their family's health. Child care. Even the business community says it can't get workers and there's a worker shortage. And there's research that shows that child care is one of the major reasons. But the business community supports people who won't fund child care and cut it, cut it dramatically and then think they can gavel it in and out. So they know they can ignore major burning public priorities and get away with it because of their manipulation of maps and because of their strategy of let's divide and conquer and and get you to hate other people. So DEI is an example of that. And meanwhile, they continue their abortion offensive. They want to fund uh, pri uh, crisis pregnancy centers. These are religiously doctrinaire places that mislead women about medical facts. Actually, there's growing concern nationally that they're taking data from people that people think is protected by HIPAA, but they're not actually certified medical providers, so they aren't. Uh, they're not, and they're going into their political operation. It, 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 it's a theft of, of private data, and it's just attempt to impose one religion on everyone else, one view of one portion of religion. It's not all Christians who, who have, this, have this view, just for example, or all Catholics for that matter. And so, but they want to use public money. So they think they can get away with it. Of course, that's, that's wildly unpopular if you'd actually talk about it. Uh, their abortion position is unpopular. They're trying to sanitize it to some degree in these bills. Uh, the Brewers thing is absolutely outrageous. It's what they're really about. It's corruption. And it's yeah. corruption. I was in uh, Oregon this past weekend. And when I saw uh, the the details of what was coming across, it was... I mean, quite frankly, it was worse. It was way worse than anything we had expected. The initial thoughts were that Voss was going to try to stick Milwaukee with about $50 million, right? And instead, we're talking, you know, four times that, right? Like it's um, the, the, the Republican proposal for the Brewer Stadium is not serious. Let me just say that it's not a serious proposal and anyone, any Democrat 
who supports anything remotely close to that is crazy, right? Like I, I was, I, Priscilla, Robert, I've, I've been reading stuff from Republicans this week, Jessica McBride, others like that, right. Who are dumbfounded at how bad these proposals are. And by the way, even in comparison to some of the other cities, uh, the, the amount of public revenue to the private investment for other cities that are actually building stadiums, this is just renovation for a lot of stuff. It's terrible. This is like the worst of the worst. And the notion that the city of Milwaukee um, could take on, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of this is ludicrous. And that Robin Voss, who forced the city to take on a 2% plus sales tax increase, all his racist DEI crap, um, to now force us to essentially turn over massive chunks of that money to to an out of town million billionaire. It's just, it's disgusting. It's not serious, and so I don't take it as such. And if because we have a Democratic governor, and it like there's no way anything like this is happening. So the question now to this panel and to us is. What the hell's actually going to be the deal, right? And Democrats, and thank you, Senator Larson, uh, you know, Representative Supreme Moore Makunda. There's a bunch of I, you know, I don't want to get into a naming contest of who's starting to step up and you know argue sanity here. But to anyone, any Democrat, anyone, and quite frankly, Republicans who support this, this is insanity. The amount of money that this is, given the state budget, given what we just talked about, gavel in, gavel out of child care. 39% of school districts are losing revenue this cycle. It, it And that we would be discussing this? Think think about this, people. This thing was built in after 2000. How many schools do you know, first of all? How many schools have you had built in your district since 2000? Many of you maybe have been fortunate enough to have a lot of schools built in the last 20 years. How many of those schools have you now invested massive renovation of? Like, to upgrade, like, please. Like, very few of us have. Milwaukee Public Schools, where this billionaire and where they're trying to extract all this money, has the average schools are over 80 years old, right? They probably, I, there's probably less than a handful, if any, schools that have been built since Miller Park and Fam Field were opened. So we're going to talk a little bit more on the back end. I want to give each of you a res, uh, an opportunity to respond to this, but um, we we will continue to talk about this issue. And again, um, folks, you are listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. And if you want to get into the fight on these kinds of issues and others, you need to join us. Uh, join, become a member of Citizen Action today. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. I am extremely wound up right now over this brewer thing. It has me very upset. <laughs> and I think everybody who knows me, I'm a huge brewer fan. I am obsessed with the team and I'm just 
appalled <laughs> that this proposal, Priscilla, I want to give you an opportunity. Um, Milwaukee, Milwaukee and right. Like it's just, it's frustrating, but your, your thoughts on uh, Voss's proposal this weekend, of course, doing it at, at the stadium, Ugh, Priscilla. Yeah. Um, I thought in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, I wonder where this is going to be announced. And then to see, he's just like on the field. Uh, I was like, oh, this is probably one of the first times that he is, you know, been there that close. Cause he's probably whenever he's there, which is probably very few and far in between, probably in some fancy box where he's not by the people, you know, that would have to then talk to him. Cause heaven forbid he talks to people of uh, Wisconsin. It's, it's just there's so much again it's a thing where there's public support for the opposite thing of what republicans are proposing uh and it's it's a it's just obnoxious for just lack of a better word it's just the word that comes to mind right now is obnoxious uh and even to flip back very quickly to to child care i have a child care background i used to be a daycare center uh director uh republicans use child care as well again it's a thing that everybody needs if we are going to be a a society that demands parents go to work and not give them adequate leave when they have children and not give them adequate you know sick time uh post birth uh if when you know kids get sick a lot everybody uses child care no matter what side of the aisle you're on there it's not like only democrats are brewers fans uh it's not like only democrats use fair maps uh these are all things that have public support for the other side so yeah great great job to uh to voss for you know getting getting his little on-field pictures and and big thing but uh just disappointing as always well look if i'm the brewers and i'm mr antanasio right mr billionaire i was thrilled when i saw that package that was better and more money than i was even asking for and again no effort in this plan to talk about leveraging the area around the stadium no 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 the culture of tailgating needs to be preserved that's it's disgusting it makes no absolutely zero sense by the way the mayor of milwaukee for, for our listeners, has a very ambitious, I got nothing against it, goal to try to grow the city, to, to, to bring people back into the city. In fact, he'd like to see a million folks. Well, you know, we can't, it's hard to get there since we are landlocked by a lake if we continue to take a giant swath of premium land and just set it aside for tailgating. We damn well need to be leveraging that whole area needs to be rethought thought how we use that robert you get the final say on all uh, things stadium and before i do send it to i do want to let folks know senator larson is having a town hall on monday october 2nd from 5 to 7 p.m in milwaukee at gordon park pavilion please uh if you're anywhere in the city come if you're anywhere in the state Come, come in, come in here. Let's pack this place. Again, Gordon Park Pavilion, Monday, October 2nd, 5 p.m. Robert. So on the just quickly on the uh, parking lots, uh, kudos, uh, Mayor Cavalier Johnson is proposing using them differently. Is so trying to get something out of this terrible deal. Um 
So we have we have to hold a couple facts in mind. First, of course, is the Republicans are the worst. And man, Priscilla have laid that out as far as their plan. And by the way, as, as far as the credibility of the money, the only publicly transparent credible study that we know about says it's one third as much. So these are very inflated numbers now. Uh, but here's the thing. On abortion, you can say there are two clear sides where Democrats support uh, giving given reproductive health rights and, and choice around abortion and the whole spectrum of services to women, and Republicans don't, okay? The Brewers' problem is more of a bipartisan scandal, okay? And we need to bear that, bear that in mind. Governor Evers tried to give them two-thirds of this amount of money, but just with state money. Word at the Capitol and from people who've talked to the Evers, the high ups in the Evers administration is they want a deal like this. They just want it not to come out of Milwaukee County and city. So they're just dickering on the source of public money, not the public money. Uh, by the way, Governor Evers, they commissioned their, their own uh, study of what the brewers needed. That's how they came up with the two thirds of, uh, of this one, like around 400 million. And what they and they and the, kudos to Bruce Murphy from Urban Milwaukee. The moniker on the website of the uh, of the consultant is trusted by owners. Okay, and then they come up with double the number of what the 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 the, the credible transparent public study done by the stadium district did. Uh, here's the other thing: Democrats are part of this agenda. Uh, little known fact: I want to make clear the shared revenue package and the cuts to public education right, and the massive funding of vouchers only passed the state Senate with Democratic votes. There were Republican votes. Scouting report is that's the case this time. So it's not just about, it is about bad Robin Voss and the gerrymandered legislature. It's also about the fecklessness of Democrats standing up against a giveaway where the 130 studies show there is no economic benefit to these sort of subsidies. They're straight giveaways and an economic analysis of the Brewer situation is overwhelming. They don't need it. They just think they can get it. And so it's sort of like, if we can get it, we're going to grab it. Uh, the, the interest of the community they live in in the state be damned. And so that then that's the ethic. That's the greed is good ethic. So I want to know, we know, I mentioned Senator Carpenter is also standing up. Um, there may be others. Uh, are, are we have a statewide audience here. Let us know if your Democratic legislator or your Republican is taking a position in what they're doing. We'd love to hear about it. And if there are other champions out there, we'd love to tout them on Battleground Wisconsin. Yes, please uh, make sure you're reaching out to your state senator and state representative on this issue. At a minimum, they need to slow this down. There should be no deal. There is absolutely no rush. There is a lease. They're going nowhere quickly. So please, we need to take some time, make sure that the public interest is protected here, not the interest of a billionaire. Again, folks, uh, if you're at all available Monday, October 2nd, 5 p.m., Senator Larson is having a town hall on this situation. Please go make your voice heard. I want to make sure we spend some time talking about the UAW strike. Uh, it is everywhere in the news. Uh, it is part of a much broader conversation that's been going on that we have been having a lot on this show. And we'll continue to talk about around just sort of the uptick, the upsurge in union organizing, but also beyond organizing strikes and work actions and leveraging power 
right? We like to talk about that because it's super important and instructive to us. Leveraging power against these large corporate interests and don't get much bigger than the auto industry in terms of large corporate interests. Um, and again, uh, this strike, proposed strike, uh, it's not happening all across. Um, there's been a lot of noise and effort by folks to try to somehow make it seem as if the strike or what the auto industry, mostly I would say its workers are pushing for, somehow is in conflict with efforts to fight climate change. And um, Robert and Priscilla, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. I know, Robert, you had some some particular thoughts. And then, Priscilla, if you want to respond or anything else um, uh, to what Ro Robert, I know there was some thoughts you had on this. Is something that you're tracking as someone who's deeply involved in this uh, our climate work. Um, your thoughts? Well, part of this is, I mean, it's been played up by the media in order to, I mean, really, they're, the UAW is not coming out against EVs. Uh, the UAW is trying to make sure that we have union workers making cars, whether it's and the and the parts, not if EV, whether EVs or gas powered. That's number one. Um, number two, there is no necessary conflict. That is to say, that each one could be represented by union workers with high labor standards. Number three, there's and this is this is also in parts of the labor movement and rank and file folks. You hear some UAW rank and file thinking believing Donald Trump that EVs are why their 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 jobs are threatened, right? Um, but what's in the land is somehow we can have unions for old legacy industries, but just not possible for the new stuff. And so that's what when unions are not thinking broadly, they're defending the fossil fuel industry, like coal plants, like uh, the transmission, like the, the the pipelines, and not thinking about how many jobs this could be. But furthermore, I understand why they're doing it. They're not being supported by Democrats who need to create the conditions. The reason we have an auto workers union is because of the New Deal and the Wagner Act and creating the right to form unions and fair union elections. And that needs to be recreated. And it's not just passing national legislation. I don't see where Governor Evers's legislative executive power has been used to enable unions and stand up against all the union busting and and really push back against the non-union development of solar, for example, and wind farms and all of that, right? Because that's going on. And that's why there's a tension on community solar. Will it be union or non-union? They both need to be union. And so this is, you know, if you divide different kinds of workers, green workers are non-union and the, the old legacy industries are union, then you're dividing the working class and making sure, guess what, the owners continue to rule this country and get most of the economic gains. Priscilla? Yeah. Um to make it very, very quick, something that I had read online this week was uh, an opinion essay in, I think, the New York Times that said, oh, this, this whole union thing, uh, the strike is really bad for elections. And it's it's not. Uh, unions are uh, have and always will be popular. Strikes are meant to be disruptive. That is the purpose of a strike. Uh, there is support for all of these strikes. There's support for the UAW strike. There is support for the UPS strike. There's support for the SAG, uh, AFTRA, and WGA strikes. There are support for workers because 
the workers, the people are what makes us strong. Uh, you know, Joe Biden, if you happen to listen to this podcast, uh, I'm pretty sure some of these picket lines would love to see you as well. Uh, but this is this is what worker power is. Uh, we can't have an economy. We can't have anything without actual workers doing the things. Uh, so we need to support them how we can. And one of that is supporting strikes and making sure we're reading through the lines of, oh, is this bad for the climate? Is this bad for elections? No, read who is writing these things and, and decide for yourself if it's a real good source or not. One of the uh, unfortunate things is, uh, you know, labor unions don't have the density that we need. So when we do have um, unions that have density in their markets like the UAW, it's really important to support them because it is um, it's a rare point of leverage for workers. Right. And that kind of solidarity um, as they go into this is critical. But um, folks, we're going to continue to uh, talk about this issue uh, and continue to talk and track all the activity that goes on around uh, labor rights. And we'll just have a heads up. They will probably keep your uh, keep your ears open, your eyes uh, open, I guess you would say. Uh, UAW hospital nurses, possibility there's issues, uh, potential strike coming there. Um, we here at the Battleground Wisconsin will continue to track and support workers everywhere, including those folks at True Stage are still trying to get a contract, uh, and we'll continue to keep our eye on that. You are listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. We're Citizen Edge. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. Want to talk about? Some news that came out of Chicago this week. Uh, not it, not really this week, but just there's a really good article on it, and it's related to the progressive movement that we have been talking about uh, that is burgeoning in Chicago, um, both uh, that you could see through the election of Brandon Johnson, but also over the last decade, just a growing labor movement, uh, the very famous uh, effort by the teachers down there. There was important um, legislation that passed that increased the tip minimum wage in Chicago. And we think this is really, really important to talk about for a number of reasons. One, it stands in sharp marked contrast to Wisconsin's. And I say Wisconsin, not Milwaukee or Eau Claire's, because Wisconsin doesn't allow us to have unique minimum wages for different locations, municipalities, right? In this case, like in Chicago, a major city that has a, you know, let's just say a very different economic situation than maybe Carbondale, right? So hence, they might have a different minimum wage. In Wisconsin, the tip minimum wage is not 1580. It's 233, which is immoral. If you're not tipping people, you need to really think about that okay just marinate in that 1580 is tough to get by right <laughs> if, if you're not getting lots of tips right can you imagine 230 uh our overall minimum wage in wisconsin continues to be tied to the ground at 725 but the other key part of this right is this local minimum wage we don't have that in wisconsin because of a what a law that's called 
preemption, essentially. It's just a way of saying municipalities are preempted by the state of Wisconsin from having their own minimum wage law that was uh, passed in the aughts, agreed to by Governor uh, Jim Doyle at the time. Um, I think it was an agreement for the last increase in the minimum wage. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a bad law. It restricts our municipalities from enacting the kind of laws in, that will allow their residents to make the kind of income they need in order to thrive and actually be able to live. But um, I want to, Priscilla, I want to get your thoughts first on this, then go to you, Robert. Look, this both both the concept of a minimum wage, which Republicans would love to get rid of even the idea of a minimum wage, but also this whole concept of preemption and the lack of the ability of our municipalities to do anything, which, quite frankly, we saw a bit in the uh, state budget discussion. Priscilla. Yeah, this is um, just incredible, incredible news. Um, always loving what uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson is is doing. Um, a lot of these articles written about it start off as saying he's he's signed off on delivering on campaign promises, which uh, is something we don't always hear. And so we want to hear more of these things. And this is such a big deal. Um, to not have this, I mean, again, put it in perspective of what Scott said, the tip minimum wage of 233. I, I don't understand. Like that's just not over $13 an hour per so difference. It's a massive difference. And even at 1580, again, that's still not enough, uh, to, to live in this world where we have bills and groceries and, you know, just stuff we want to do too. Uh, so like Matt said, tip your tip, uh, anywhere you go. Uh, but it's, it's incredible. We're seeing it being done. Uh, we are seeing real time promises and increases to workers happening we're not just talking about it anymore it's it's real we have real proof that it can be done which again puts it in just heartbreaking terms of wisconsin where like we are so far off from this yeah well and to harken back to what you said earlier in the show priscilla again another fantastic issue for folks to be running on Full-throatedly, this yes. shit is not talked about enough here in our state. In fact, I think you could probably get elected to assembly in some of these slightly swingy districts around just full-throated discussion of some of these topics that you talked about. Um, Robert, your thoughts on this? You have a mayor in Chicago who was connected to progressive movements, right, came up in organizing who ran on a progressive agenda, was elected and is following through on it and has strong unified support from all the progressive organizations, and all the groups that are involved in organizing and social justice. So the people can rule. This is in the public interest. And that's what we're trying to do with things like the Movement Politics Academy that Priscilla leads, looking for movement leaders like Brandon Johnson to become our elected leaders with our backing so that we can have their back when they're in office and have these big fights, they back down the Illinois Restaurant Association. I can't remember the last time the Wisconsin Restaurant Association was defeated. Um, another, so this is a, a model for us and it's right to the south of our border. We're used to being way ahead of Illinois historically and Illinois is the corrupt machine place. Now it's kind of embarrassing, it's the other way around. Um, 
So that's one thing. Uh, the second thing is, like I said on Miller Park, there's a bipartisan problem. The standard for the Democratic Party can't be we're better than the Republicans. I mean, my Lord, that's a low standard. Like, uh, we're, we're, we're not denying climate change, but we're not going to do enough to meet the existential threat. And we're not going to take on the big utilities. No, not adequate, right? And so in this case, we have preemption of local minimum wages because it was done by Democratic governor, Jim Doyle. Fact, I, I was there. So there's a lot of issues in our house as well. So we should be talking about how terrible and autocratic and what a threat to democracy the Republicans are. But we need the Democratic Party to step up. And I will say this. Uh, Priscilla was right to say uh, Biden, we should put pressure on Biden to do even more. Biden's statement that record profits mean a record contract at the beginning of this strike. Some people think it's the most pro-labor statement during a labor dispute by a president in American history. That's a good start. But uh, the pressure to do even more, to make sure that to do really more about the the, the problem with batteries, the batteries uh, uh, that are being supported by Inflation Reduction Act are being made in red states, Tennessee and Kentucky. Biden tried to have, this is important to understand, he tried to have standards within the Inflation Reduction Act, it was in Build Back Better, that privileged union labor, Joe Manchin wouldn't allow it. And of course, the Republicans were all against it. So this is an example of how we need a lot more progressive Democrats in office, and then we can make sure that batteries are built union and there is no conflict between building fossil fuel-driven cars and building electric cars. So we'll continue. We're going to continue to um, track good things that are happening elsewhere that we ought to be looking to do here. And by the way, also a lesson to uh, folks who were really quick to suggest somehow that Brandon was not going to be able to accomplish a lot of things. It was going to be gridlocked there. Um, Robert, you were right to put this in the broader perspective coming from a movement and uh, Brandon's not doing this alone. There's a whole bunch of city council members, organizations, and folks who have done and gotten elected who are part of this movement and were part of Brandon's election um, and are actually working on a shared agenda. It's an important lesson uh, about, you know, being organized, unified, and actually believing in something and articulating it, running on it, and then doing the hard work of carrying that out. We'll continue to track that. But folks, before we go, I do want to create time for uh, Robert and Priscilla, just brief comments. I I do think it's important, and uh, Biden this week made the announcement of launching a, a climate core. Um, this just, it, it, it harkens back to things that are really fundamental and important in this country, both. I think everyone's well, well aware of the conservation core and its amazing legacy. I mean, it's, it's impossible to walk on a, go, uh, in a park in, in Wisconsin and not end up on a trail that might've been created by them. Obviously, um, very famously president Clinton's, uh, AmeriCorps, changed uh, and sort of reinvigorated, reinvigorated that spirit. I can tell you my wife went through that program, changed her life, made her decide she wanted to be a teacher, right? Um, very important programs. So want to get your thoughts on this uh, critical around climate, right? And this whole idea of how do we make this energy transition and do it in a way where we start 
creating the kind of jobs that can also change this economy uh, and change the economy for people who are often locked out of our, our systems. Priscilla? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, a massive shout out to Sunrise, uh, the, the Sunrise movement, along with the March for Our Lives as well, like the youth, they're getting this shit done. Uh, the kids are all right. Uh, you know, as the great Whitney Houston once said, I believe the children are our future. And we're seeing that. Uh, Priscilla, so, can I just say that was impressive? You dropped the you. 60s, 80s, and then brought it back. <laughs> wow, that's really good. Thank you. I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate the appreciation. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Sunrise. Uh, they got it done. They have been working on this for since since before Biden got elected in 2020. They have been working on this and they did it and we're seeing that yes yeah, sometimes it's gonna take a while to get things passed but it doesn't mean that it's not worth fighting for it's not worth trying they've been doing it and it got done and it's massive uh this was a huge huge development of this week i was so excited to read about it and so excited to see so many of my like little organizing babies that grew up in march for our lives and sunrise be like we did a thing and i was like you did and that's incredible and yes there's a lot more work to do but we can celebrate this uh this is such a big big development um so happy that that it's happening you know this is a great time to like keep campaigning on this like we are seeing wildfires we are seeing massive degrees in temperatures change from one hour to the next even not even one day to the next anymore so like this this is the time is now so i'm just so proud of everybody that was involved uh in this especially the sunrise organizers robert so this is an example of president biden using power appropriately i also want to put it in context of where we are on this. So, and Priscilla's right to call out the organizations of young people uh, fighting for climate change and what they're doing. Um, and we're one of the three dozen or so organiza- lead organizational sponsors of this. It's a bill from Senator Ed Marquis and, State, and, and U.S. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, which is a bigger bill. Okay, this is what Biden can do. And Biden's Build Back Better had a bigger version of this. This is what he can do with only executive power. So it's 20,000 people. So consider it a huge start and a breakthrough and also important for a president to be behind this vision. The vision is it for, for, for it is to be as big as the Civilian Conservation Corps, what it's named after from the New Deal, where it transforms work and, and, and does a mass amount. You see that in public parks and national parks, still the work the CCC did, right? Including here in Milwaukee, but all over the state. Uh, so that is huge. And what he was convinced to do by Sunrise and other organizers and by uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Senator Markey was to use his power and lean into it and not just say, I tried to pass it and Joe Manchin and the Republicans wouldn't let me. That's why it was taken out of the Inflation Reduction Act. So that's huge. But as an executive order, it can be changed willy nilly by the next president, who could be Donald Trump. So remember, the goal here is bigger and in legislation. But this is a step in that direction. And hopefully it will show a lot of young people who aren't sure why they should vote for someone who's going to be in their 80s during his second term, why they should get out and vote for him. This is a critical piece of information for that. But I just want to tell all everyone 
that this is a step in the journey uh, where, where, it, it, where we're not the end of the journey, but we need steps because we need success to motivate us and get people involved and see that there that this does work, but we need to continue. Absolutely. Um, folks, we're going to have to wrap up this week's guest-free show, and I'm happy to report we will put an end to the streak of guest-free shows. Uh, Sarah Godlewski will be joining us next week. She is back. Secretary of State is going to come back and help educate us as to not only what her office does, right, but what is happening in the broader attack that's going on by the same Republican folks we just have been talking about going after her office and she'll help educate us about that. And um, we're going to be launching a series of events around the state uh, with secretary of state Godlewski uh, to talk about this uh, with our members. And we'll talk about that next week with her. Look forward to having her on and let y'all know about these events that are going to be coming up where uh, you can come meet the secretary of state and get engaged, man, get in the fight. We are ready to have it here at citizen action. Folks, we got to jump. You're listening to the battleground Wisconsin. We want to thank our producer, Brian Mulder makes this happen every week. And we are deeply appreciative folks. We'll see you next week here at the battleground Wisconsin. <laughs>